Okay, hey there, man. Welcome back to the Tristopor Gabanetar Valkomen, America! So, I just promised we were gonna go check out the Young Turks. Free on podcast app, Apple Podcasts. About turn. Florida senators are voting for more federal aids, even though they voted against hurricane relief. Uh, Brazil's presidential race is forced into a second round after the former president could not secure the majority of the vote. Uh... Iran's Supreme Leader blames the United States for the mass protests. <laughs> Pennsylvania candidate Doug Mastriano pledges that if he is elected, he will ban porn, pole dancing, and CRT in Taiwan. Host Anna Kasparian and Cenk Uger. Okay. Good job, people. Good for you. Run for office again. It's uh, just what I want. You know. Let's see. I'm gonna check out other episodes too. Okay. Black. A uh, backroom deal. Joe Biden devastated millions by pulling student debt relief. Pulling? Oh, devastated. Pulling. AOC. What do you mean pulling it? It's, it's gonna hateful Republican. After he spews his transphobic rhetoric, it sounds really good. All of this, all of these, I'm sure are gonna be freaking rad. I should just do a Young Turks binge. Great idea, Trista. Former Trump rep has pleaded guilty to child pornography charges and was sentenced to prison. Ha ha ha. A book reveals that Nancy Pelosi resisted impeaching Donald Trump for a whole week after January 6th. What the fuck is wrong with her? Why? Okay, I gotta listen to this one. Resisted. Yeah, I remember that. Remember that? What the fuck are you guys doing? Nothing. Guess they were scared shitless, man. Maybe she was traumatized. His audience is growing every week, and he's just getting started. It's called... Yeah. Rick Sanchez News.
power, 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 power panel. Jake Huger, uh, Dragon Daddy, John Iderola, uh, head of the Dragon Squad, Dragon Rider Extraordinaire. Max Burns, he's with Third Degree Strategies. He, in fact, started Third Degree Strategies. But furthermore, you're never going to guess where you're going to find his videos. Oh, you got it. It's Rebel Headquarters, of course. Everybody's on Rebel Headquarters. All right, Max, great to have you here. Um, Thanks for having me. No problem. So now, we got a hell of a show for you guys. And one of our reporters caught a right-winger. He caught him. He caught him. You're going to love that story. All right, and many more. John, proceed. Okay, let's start off this Friday show right with really depressing news. <clears throat> Dark Brandon is regrettably getting brighter with every passing day. He got a lot of credit, deservedly so, for doing a good amount of student debt cancellation, and we find out this week it is already starting to be chipped away at. They have uh, caved pressure from the GOP, with the argument being given that there are legal challenges pending from student lending industry uh, figures. So they're very worried about these legal challenges. And so for some borrowers, that cancellation will no longer exist. We're going to give you all of the details. So they were prompted this week um, in the U.S. Department of Education to reverse course on the previously announced cancellation for some and no longer allow borrowers with federal family education loan program and Perkins loans, which are guaranteed by the federal government, but they're held by private lenders to participate in the debt cancellation plan. So those two categories have now been carved out. And uh, this follows a number of different developments, which we've been tracking on the network, including six Republican led states filing a lawsuit in Missouri federal court. This is just yesterday, arguing that the student debt cancellation plan, quote, is not remotely tailored to address the effects of the pandemic on federal student loan borrowers, a legal requirement they say under the Biden administration's justification for the cancellation. Maybe they have something there. I personally never thought nor needed the plan to specifically address the pandemic's effect on student debt. That was an exacerbating condition. It made it worse, but it was terrible long before the pandemic. In any event, this appears to have worked. So um, the suit that they are so worried about uh, involves a Missouri student loan servicer, which uh, they say that it's part of the state's government. So if it sees a drop in revenue because borrowers consolidate their loans under the, under the federal family education loan program, then that would be bad for the state. And so how dare you do this, I guess. But I'm sure the important question that you're wondering is, how bad is this? How many students does this affect? And it is uh, somewhere between irrelevant and devastating. 800,000 borrowers, according to the administration, bear that in mind, that's what they say, 800,000 will now be excluded from relief. Many more than that, potentially up to something like one and a half million. I've, I've read two, John, two million. Well, I believe the two million f uh, figure includes that 800,000. Okay. But again, basically everywhere you look, there are different estimates that I've seen. So over a million people at the very least, maybe two million people will either no longer have their debt canceled um, or will have less of their debt canceled. Now, that is not a massive portion of the over 40 million people who stand to benefit from it. 
but it's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people who spent the last two months ecstatic at the prospect of this debt finally being lifted off their shoulders, and now they're going to find, oh no, it's going to be put back on there. And not because these Republican states launched this lawsuit, and month after month they ground it away, and the Biden administration fought them at every step, but unfortunately, finally, the conservative Supreme Court has allowed it to stand, and now begrudgingly the Biden administration is going to have to reverse it. No, instead... They caved. They caved super early on in the process. And so if you're one of the people who will no longer get that debt cancellation, who are you going to blame? You should blame these Republican states. That's true. But I don't think you're going to have a lot of fond thoughts for Dark Brandon at this point. Yeah. So those are great points by John. So whether the number is 800,000 or all the way up to 2 million uh, people, it is out of about 44 million people who are getting relief overall. So that gives you good news and bad news. The good news is it's not the majority of people. It's a small uh, percentage of people that are being affected out of the ones that got relief overall. The bad news is it's a small enough percentage that there isn't going to be any cavalry. Nobody's going to ride to the rescue, uh, is my guess, okay, is my sense of it. That's my analysis of it, right? I wish there was, but there probably won't be. And in fact, mainstream media, in this case, probably most likely MSNBC, if you stuck up for those 2 million people, would yell at you at the top yep. of your their lungs. Because they would say, oh, you're doing damage. He already gave help to the 42 million, and now you're trying to take credit away from him, you monsters. No, by the way, don't actually take credit away from for the forty-two million. That's wonderful. That's fantastic, right? But we're just—is it okay if we try to help everybody? Is that okay? And and remember now. So that's the policy. End. You will always want to help as many people as you can and do the right thing and try to get the justice. Now, on the political end, when Biden did this, his uh, poll numbers among young voters rose in double digits. G- giant jump up in his poll numbers. To which I say, of course, that's what we told you all along, obviously. Now, by doing this, he's chipping away at his popularity. Why? Because he doesn't, he's worried he's going to lose a court case? To John's point, and he's absolutely right on the politics, who cares if you lose? Get caught trying. If you fight the Republicans on this, then you could frame the Republicans as the bad guys trying to take away your student debt relief. And it won't seem like it applies only to two. It'll seem like it applies to the whole 44 million. Republicans are trying to take away student debt relief. That way they get saddled with the bad polling and the unpopularity. And you look like you are the defenders of student debt relief. But when you buckle... It forces us to be honest with people and say, it was your fault for buckling. And then I know MSNBC New York Times is going to yell at us, but that is actually a fact. And it's our job to bring you unbiased news, unlike the rest of the media. Max. Yeah, this entire situation blows my mind. I mean, this is really one step forward, two steps back, because now the Biden administration has set a precedent that Republicans don't even need to go into court and prove their case to get the White House to back down. They just need to threaten and file a lawsuit. I mean, we've essentially done with court what Republicans have done with the filibuster and created this situation where not only have we enabled them now to pressure Biden on so many other things, but we've created this image again that, that Joe Biden will make a bold proposal but he's not willing to stand behind it. And that is just as damaging for democratic morale. 
Yeah. Yeah. And uh, to the extent that people learn about this widely um, and we'll see, it's a it's a policy based story. So the media probably won't talk about it very much. Um, and it affects the lives of uh, working people burdened with debt. So, again, they feel very little ethical obligation to cover it significantly. But if people hear about it, it's going to reflect poorly, as we've been saying on the Biden administration. But more importantly, for those 800 to 2 million people. Are you ever going to support Joe Biden again after this? Are you going to ever trust the Democrats again after this? Like, it's a very easy case to make that it's worse to seem to cancel it and then reverse it to have just never done anything at all. This is definitely worse. You might have been making new plans for your life, considering the possibility of being able to move or change up your career, start a business, buy a car, buy a house. And now... Oh, no, no, you're going to be paying the $500, $750,000 a month in debt once again. And it's especially bad because this isn't just chipping away needlessly at an awesome plan. It's chipping away from a plan that was good but needed to be expanded massively anyway. So you are now very much going in the wrong direction. And I, I want to buttress what Jake was saying because he was talking there about sort of the, the perception of these things and how you can how you can sell what you're trying to do, all that. And that's important in politics. But I also want to differentiate like the right wing now, the way that they talk about inflation, the, the way that they talk about crime, the way that they talk about gas prices, constantly trying to pin that sort of thing on one politician when they would never accept that under their own. That's how you make a narrative that's not founded in reality. But in this case, if Biden really wanted, if the Democrats really wanted to spend the next couple of years pitching themselves as the defenders of those who've had their debt canceled, while maybe incrementally expanding the cancellation along the way, you are not making up a narrative that the Republicans are trying to stop this. They're 100% trying to stop it, and not just in this lawsuit. This is six states. There are going to be others. You have multiple students debt servicing companies that are already working with state governments to try to make sure that the cancellation is not tax deductible at the state level, which is going to severely cut how much is actually canceled. You have basically every Republican politician and Republican pundit not only complaining, whining, crying endlessly after the cancellation about the fact that it actually happened and making their side look terrible, but they spent literally years fighting against it, which is why it took so long for it to happen in the first place. It would not just be a narrative if it would be the truth and now like the 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 water's been muddied and now i guess there's some good progressives but the democrats are pretty bad again and the republicans are pretty bad and who's to say and the democrats are obviously factually better on this but it's going to be harder to make the case than it needs to be yeah so look everybody's experience is different and so if you see me saying this on air you might think well i don't get that of course but in my case i know a lot of folks in the establishment and when we do stories like this, they literally yell at me, okay? And they say, you're trying to take credit away from Biden. It's your fault if those people that got screwed on this find out that Biden screwed them. <laughs> okay, just, I swear to God, they said, and they say it super clearly, right? So obviously you have to pause and think, what an absurd thing to say. No, it's, it's wouldn't it be Biden's fault? Because think about it, guys. If Biden had said, no, goddamn it, I'm going to fight those Republicans in court, today we would be doing a story about, yep. go get him, Joe, dark Brandon, laser eyes, look at this, that's amazing, right? Instead, he forces us to do a story where we have to take credit away from him. Because it's true, because it's true. I know we've all lost sight of the fact that news is supposed to give you news. Everybody assumes that news has an agenda. 
So that's why people say to us, why aren't you helping? Because they genuinely think that the job of mainstream media is to help Biden. But we don't think that's our job. And we think our job is to deliver you things that actually happen. And this happened, and it matters. But guys, no matter what we said, you think that every one of those... 800,000 to 2 million people is watching the Young Turks right now. They're like, oh my God, I didn't know about it, but I just found out. I mean, I hope so, but I doubt it if I'm being honest. What's happening instead is they heard the news that they were about to get $20,000 in student debt. Like $20,000. And then they heard the news today. Psych, you're not getting it. And by the way, Biden is the one who folded and wouldn't even fight for you. It doesn't matter what we say at all. That's in their lives. If you think ten to twenty thousand dollars is going to affect their lives, and they're not going to notice, you probably live in Washington or you work in television or at the New York Times. No, of course they know. Of course they know. I mean, that's so ridiculous to say they don't know. So, and of course, John is right. Max is right. It also sends a message that to Republicans, oh, you can bully Biden and he'll give it. So you've got to wonder at the end why. Why would you take the L when there was no need for it? You had the W. Go back and watch our old Young Turks clips. We're like, way to go, Joe. This one was really good. We wish it was a little bit more, but it's okay. It's okay. Way to go, right? Now we're taking credit away. So why did he do it? Private lenders. Who are private lenders who give debt? Financial institutions. Some of the most powerful people on earth and certainly the most powerful people in D.C. along with the drug companies, the oil companies, etc. So the banks came in and said, hey, Joe, you want to take government money and give it to working middle class people who went to college? That's your business. I don't like it. I definitely don't like it because I think that that's going to come out of my hide at some point through taxes. Okay. But you want to take money out of my bank? Oh, you're going to pay for it ahead of time, but I'm not going to get the interest on it. I'm not going to get the fees on it. Oh, hell no, Joe. You will kneel. It's not the Republicans. It's the donors. And then Biden, what does he do? Immediately, the minute a donor raises his head, he surrenders. And so to all my establishment friends, I'm sorry that that's true, but it's definitely true. All right. So, uh, you want to take the first break? I think we should. All right. That's awesome. Let's do it. As we, as I said, uh, we got a doozy of a story. Matt Sheffield from TYT Reports broke a story about a Trump official you are going to want to hear, and that has lit up the Internet, um, points out their hypocrisy in, a, in an over-the-top way. So that's coming next. Stay right here. Latinos are almost a fifth of the U.S. population, and Trump's cronies are spending millions to con them into voting against their interests. You want the truth about this? The truth about Latinos? My friend Rick Sanchez has a podcast called Rick Sanchez News on Agua Media. Rick co-owns a $4 billion company, is now putting up his money and time to stop the lies. Check him out. You can find it on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rick Sanchez News, Latino Truths. Here's a clip. Well, Jake, you know what? You've spent your entire life dealing with these truths. I'll tell you one that's going on right now. People to cover for DeSantis are saying that all Venezuelans to come to the United States are criminals. 
and ex-prisoners. That's a lie. It's a blatant lie. It's a horrible thing to say about a whole swath of people. But yet that's what's going on. And this is why we do this. Rick Sanchez News. Fighting for Latino truths. We're on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, well, okay, what's the catch? But But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Why? You don't have anybody in Congress who uh, would, would stand up for all the Latinos... And say, hey, motherfucker, that's hate speech. We're a nation of immigrants. My, uh, you know, my grandparents immigrated here from Italia, Italia in, and uh, some from Austria, Slovenia, where the your stupid ass wife comes from, fuckface Trump. Here's the fault. He's the reason why there are now two or three shootings every day in our schools because he has been calling for a freaking civil war. Wake up. Americans are so freaking stupid. Mobile.com slash Anyway, so, uh, yeah, I cover all the pro-democracy podcasts. I, I should be doing a Young Turks binge first. Um, no, not should. I am doing a binge fest. Really awful individual. Take a look at this. Dr. Kamar, can biological men become pregnant and give birth? Um, so men can have pregnancies, especially trans men. Uh, so, so can biological men become pregnant and give birth? So are you saying that a biological female who identifies as a man and therefore becomes pregnant as, quote, a man? Is that what you're saying? These questions about who can become pregnant are really missing the point. I'm here to talk about... No, 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 no. This is me asking a question. I'm asking you answering. I'm asking the question, sir, not you. This is Representative Andrew Clyde, and he is indeed asking a question, but he's not interested in uh, any answers to those questions. And to be clear, he's doing something else. He is intentionally wasting an opportunity to actually learn something about a topic he pretends to care about. He was speaking with Dr. Bhavik Kumar, Director of Trans Care Planned Parenthood, a literal expert on trans care. This guy questioning him has no idea what he's talking about, but he's also not interested in finding out. He's interested in grandstanding to tell the MAGA base that he despises the trans community and he doesn't give a damn about them. He sees them as a source for maybe jokes, maybe a little bit of casual cruelty, and that's it. And he's not going to allow this guy to actually teach him, educate him about the topics because these are, of course, real people. What happens to them medically actually matters. And so he tries to get in some good answers. But Clyde just steamrolls him. Take a look. Right, and I'm answering the question. Somebody with a uterus may have a capability of becoming pregnant, whether they're a woman or a man. Uh, that doesn't make Okay, difference. we're done. Not we're every done. person with this a uterus isn't complicated. has the ability. Let me tell you, pregnant. if a person has this a uterus and is born, as a, is born female, they are a woman. That is not a man, and the vast majority of the world considers that to be a woman because there are biological differences between men and women. 
Okay, so just to really clarify how little he actually cares about this. He knew the line he was supposed to deliver. It wasn't supposed to be about care. It wasn't about to be it wasn't supposed to be about ensuring that people live through pregnancy or anything like that. It was to just say who is who gets to be a woman or not. And he cares so little about it that he had to write it down. Just this is a woman. That's who I think is what he can't even do it extemporaneously. He had to read it off of a piece of paper. Now we're gonna have a great response to Clyde and his condescending approach to that conversation from AOC in just a sec. But first, I wanted to give you a chance to jump in. Yeah. So. Let me break it down for the right way because I'm not sure anybody's ever explained it to them in this very clear way. Uh, and and although we've God knows that a lot of people have tried, right? And then we'll see why they care. Okay, so some people are born as women and they have a uterus, but they think and they feel that they are men. And so some of them transition to becoming men, and but they still have their uterus, so they can get pregnant. And so that explains it. It's actually super simple, right? But I don't know why you guys don't believe them. Do you get that that's super weird that you don't believe them? Like, oh, you think like that you're actually a man. And you feel that way. I don't believe you. <laughs> what a weird thing. I'm a Steelers fan. I don't believe you. Why don't you believe me? What, why would I lie about that? And saying that, hey, I feel like a man. Yeah. That I'm, I, I'm an actual. Point. I'm a man mentally, psychologically. I, and so I'm going to transition to being a man. That's not a being a Steelers fan. That's much more difficult. That's much harder. And you got to put up with Neanderthals like Clyde. Your whole life. Your whole life, people filled with hate coming to you and saying, I don't believe you. I don't believe it. I think you're bad. For what? what did, just I was born this way. You're immoral for being born that way. Who would choose to do that? They do that because that's what they actually feel. But right-wingers, are right now, right now, all across the country are going, no, if you feel that way, we're going to say we don't believe you, and we're going to hate you in every possible way, and we're going to pass laws against you. We're going to say, so you don't get the same rights as everyone else. Why? Why do you care? There's something about it that bothers Persecution. Them. And what it is, is two things. One is, if, let's be honest. I And I know it's going to bother a lot of people, and it's going to offend some people, but our job is to tell you the truth. Yes, it's of course partly religion. It's a giant part of it. Religion teaches you to hate gay people. Don't tell me it doesn't. Some of you it doesn't. Some of you have wonderful sects of your religion that are open and caring and, and understand the message of Jesus and Muhammad, etc. And one of love and inclusivity, right? But a lot of religious people don't feel that way and you know it. So the right-wing evangelical leaders spread. And so I don't care if they catch feelings over it. I don't care if CNN says, oh, you're not allowed on TV because you've offended a portion of our audience. They spread hate, this poison, throughout the land. They say, if you see someone like this, demean them. Say they're less than you. Say they should have less rights than you, and that we should all hate you, and not even believe you. Not even believe you. And by the way, the right wing does this to everybody. African Americans say, hey, cops have been beating us up for hundreds of years. They go, I don't believe you. You made it up. Yep. Think about how insanely offensive that is. And forget about, oh, hey, did we offend them or not? Think about if it was you. If it was you. You're a white right winger and you say, hey, I speak this. Oh, in fact, you know it. And on a thing that you shouldn't get offended over. You deeply believe that Jesus, in Jesus Christ, and a lot of you evangelical right wingers, you deeply believe that Jesus Christ was a hateful figure. He hated gay people. He hated trans people. He hated poor people. He loved the rich people. Wow. 
why the and fuck when I tell you that's a myth that doesn't control. exist, it oh is. my god, you get so angry, and you go, why won't you believe me that Jesus is real, and that he thinks these things? So can you not empathize with people who go, can you not believe me on something much more benign that I actually think these things about myself? And universally the right way, because they are honestly the immoral people in this country say, no, I'm going to focus on hatred instead. And that's what you just saw, Max. This is exactly where the GOP is. I mean, it's say the phrase, say the bumper sticker, cut the YouTube clip, send it out to raise money from MAGA morons. I mean, this is a congressman who was hiding, barricaded, afraid for his life on January 6th, who went out and said that these were just peaceful tourists walking around the Capitol. And this man wants to be the arbiter of our reality. And the fact is, it's not just that he doesn't want to know the truth. It's not just that he's uninterested in the science. It's that he wants you to not be able to learn as well. These are the same people who want to make it illegal to talk about the science of transgenderism in schools. These are people who in Idaho want to have social services take your kids away if you try to talk to a doctor about gender-affirming care. They're not interested in building a society based on reality. They're interested in implementing their own narrow Christo-fascist view of reality that denies these people even exist. And I'm, I'm glad at least that AOC stood up and, and took none of it. Uh, I, I certainly agree that for a lot of the base, it's it's a genuinely held, awful, horrendous view. Um, but I'm also not going to give a pass to so many of their leaders, whether in elected office or on TV, that didn't give a damn about this topic two years ago. And in two years from now, they'll be talking about Dr. Seuss again instead or something. They don't actually care about this. It is a convenient thing to get the, from their perspective, rubes fired up so they don't question the economic order of things. That's mm-hmm. my view. Um, but, but really fast, just because she did a great job. We got to go to a bit of uh, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez responding to this in this clip. The same folks who tell, who tell us and told us that COVID, COVID's just a flu, that climate change isn't real, that January 6th was nothing but a tourist visit, are the same, are now trying to tell us that transgender people are not real. And um, I would say that their claim uh, is probably just as legitimate as all their others, which is to say, not very much at all. I think that's a great response. And and I also, uh, because Dr. Kumar didn't get a chance to actually speak in that hearing, Dr. Kumar did tweet out, trans people exist, trans people have abortions. Abortion is essential health care, and so is gender-affirming care. I will not let bullies who are out of touch with reality silence or stop me from advocating for people who need trans and abortion care. And uh, I will continue to push the challenge I've been promoting for some time, promoting uh, people like, whether it's uh, Clyde or, you know, the various clones of Ben Shapiro, actually learn from a person like Dr. Kamar. They actually know things. Maybe talk to one of the people in the communities that you're constantly demonizing. It could be an eye-opening experience. But it might cost you some of the billionaire dollars you rake in. All right, we got to go. We do. Uh, when we come back, the story I've been promising you guys, uh, TYT Reports catches a uh, Trump official doing something horrific.
with you guys. And Rebecca, Rebecca Hedden, just became a member by hitting the join button below on uh, YouTube. You can do likewise if you're watching on YouTube. Great day to do it because we're giving away Blue Apron gift cards just for members. Oh, oh by the way, if, if you you got to be a member to win, okay, even for the comments. So hurry up and sign up for membership. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> if you want. Anyway, um, all right, and. Uh, Oh, and if you're not on YouTube, tyt.com slash join. I want it to be inclusive to everybody, of course. Join up on our website. You get all of our shows whenever you want, and you get great uh, gifts like this. All right, John. Yeah. yeah, and great news delivered by an actual gnome. Anyway, uh, with that said, why don't we jump into a very serious story. <clears throat> For more than two years now, basically every Republican in and outside of politics has pretended that they care a ton about saving the children, protecting them from predators, from groomers. Well, let's test that theory. Let's test how much they actually care about discussing these predators when they're found. Because Matthew Sheffield over at TOT Investigates has uncovered a former Trump official who has pled guilty to child porn charges. And we're going to give you all the details, bearing in mind... This stuff is as dark as you're probably already thinking it's going to be. He's a former Commerce Department official in the Trump administration, sentenced to a five-and-a-half-year prison term after pleading guilty to possession of child pornography. This is Adam Hageman, also sentenced to five years of parole after release and a mandatory requirement to register as a sex offender. He was apparently arrested back in November of 2020. You would think he would have been busy with the whole election thing, but no, he was found to be a member of an online group chat dedicated to sharing images of child sexual abuse. Here are the details. He shared with members at least one video of a child being molested. What? Claimed to have sexually abused a child as young as 15 and indicated that he wanted to sexually assault children between the ages of 12 and 16 years old. Prosecutors asserted that they found dozens of child sexual abuse videos on his phone after they executed a search warrant against him. He also requested of the other members in this group that someone find, quote, a dad with a young kid he will rent out to us. CNN fired Rick Sanchez, and no one in mainstream or corporate media would even return his calls. He lost his house, and then you know what he did? He built a $4 billion company. How's that for getting even? His story, his podcast is inspirational. His audience is growing every week, and he's just getting started. It's called Rick Sanchez News. And it's on Agua Media. You can find it on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rick Sanchez News. Latino truths like these. Yo, you're right, Cenk. You know, you're a fighter. And uh, it's easy to be a fighter when you're fighting for things that are true. And some of the horrible things that have been said about us recently are remarkable. And yet the truths are Latinos are the most powerful economic force in this country right now. If we were a country, we would be the fifth biggest nation in the world as far as GDP goes. This is important. That's why we do this. It's called Rick Sanchez News. Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. So those are the crimes that he committed, and he will now be spending a number of years in prison, as seems 100% deserved. Prior to that, before serving in the Commerce Department under Donald Trump, he worked at Charlie Kirk's Turning Point USA as a campus event coordinator. Events that were frequently attended by underage children. Uh, If you want to see a picture of this individual there, he is on the right, to be clear. And uh, he apparently really got around in Republican circles. You can see him hanging out with uh, Sebastian Gorka, 
which is a thing he chose to do for some reason, uh, Madison Cawthorn as well. And uh, there is reason to believe that others might be caught up in this investigation as well. It seems like there was another individual, uh, Ruben Verstigui, I believe, uh, sentenced in April to 12 years in prison. Talk more about Madison Cawthorn, please. What do you think? Yeah. So I want to talk about who's the most guilty here. And I want to explain why we have uh, the political landscape that we do in this regard. How about regard. Trump's 26 so, allegations uh, of... First of all, of to be fair, Sebastian Gorka and Madison Cawthorn, two people I generally mm, despise. So my feelings on them are clear. Boys and girls. Um, they don't know that that guy's a child molester, okay? So they haven't taken a picture with him. It happens. Fourth. Okay. Now, Charlie Kirk, on the other hand, hired that child molester to go talk to children. So now, I'm sure... Not, well, I'm not sure, but I would guess, I would hope, that he didn't know. Okay, but you're doing a thing where you're trying to literally change the minds of kids. And it's funny because they're always like, oh, the left is trying to indoctrinate the kids. We have an entire organization that we're super proud of where we try to indoctrinate kids. It's called Turning Point USA. And you've got like an even bigger responsibility to be careful and to do vetting, etc. And you've got these predators going around in your organization and using your organization. I, look, we don't know. We know that he uh, wanted to molest kids. We know that he uh, trafficked in pictures and, and other things related to kids. We know he's been arrested for that. Uh, and and look, he, he also liked babies. It's just the most disgusting thing you could imagine. Okay. So now you're not going to get babies at Turning Point USA. I'm, I'm trying to be as fair as I could possibly be, right? But you are going to get kids in, in some of the age ranges that he liked. So, and and for the Trump administration people, who are constantly, Trump people constantly attacking others for being groomers and pedophiles and, and et cetera. Well, if you're accusing others of it, and there's somebody inside your own house doing it, then you've also got an extra responsibility, okay? So now... Why does the the larger point is why does the right wing call everybody groomers and pedophiles? QAnon now, unfortunately, believe I know it's unbelievable, but fifteen percent of the country, at a minimum, believes in QAnon. That there's a ring of powerful people who molest children and and sometimes even drink their brain juice. Okay, now this guy didn't drink their brain juice because that's a thing that's made up. That's that's no one does that, right? Not even the worst right winger in the world does that. Okay, so. But they believe that there are powerful people inside the government who do this. Hey, look, it turns out it's a Republican. It turns out it's a Republican. Is that going to change their mind at all? That maybe it's not the leadership of the Democratic Party, but that it could be a range of people that are just happen to be pedophiles in different places, or that maybe it's the Republicans that do it. No, it'll never change their mind. Because they do, they're doing it out of emotions. They're not doing it out of facts. This is a fact. The guy got arrested. Okay, so now look, the reason they do it is a thing called projection. It's in their heads. They're, the reason why the right wing makes that accusation a thousand times more is because a lot of them, not all of them, of course not, but a lot of them, they're thinking about it a lot. It's, and I'm going to give you the weirdest analogy here. When I've, uh, played, I've been playing fantasy football for about a quarter of a century now, so we're one of the first ones to adopt it. And in the beginning when I started playing, I loved it so much, I thought everybody was doing it. I'd go talk to other football fans, and I'd be like, oh, how, did, how many points did Barry Sanders score for you? And they'd be like, what are you talking about? I was projecting, because it was in my head, so I thought it was in their head. And of course it wasn't. That's what they do with pedophilia. It's not in our heads. We don't know what the hell they're talking about. 
But they come up to us and they're like, oh, the pedophilia guys are terrible. They run everything, don't they? We're like, what? Because they think, well, I would like it. So I assume you like it. I assume they like it. I assume the people in power like it. No, no, they don't. No, it's just you who likes it. So stop accusing other people when it's actually you guys who are doing it. Max. No, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, there is a cabal of powerful people who are attempting to, and in some cases, successfully grooming and molesting kids. They just happen to all be working with and around Donald Trump. And it's not that much of a surprise when you remember that Donald Trump is the guy who, who would very casually talk about how sexy his underage daughter was and how much he wished he could date her. And this guy is not the first, second, or the fifth person to be involved in this. There were state campaign chairmen for Trump that were caught sending solicitous messages to what they thought were children. There were people who were, were trying to, to groom campaign staff. This is a problem that was given safe harbor because the campaign and these organizations simply will not look into you. They benefit from not looking too deep at the people who want to work for them. Because if they have any kind of quality control, they would have literally nobody left to work for them. And that safe harbor has resulted in terrible cases like this. And it is, is clearly something that Republicans are going to pretend does not exist and try to sweep under the rug when it comes up. Yeah. I, I'm going to... I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree a bit more actually with, with you, Jake, and, and not not in total. I think that the projection part I think applies to a number of again the regular base. I'm gonna differentiate the base and those who are pushing the stuff. Not tons, but if you can conceive of a world where this many people want to engage in acts of pedophilia, you're you're out of your mind. I cannot imagine that being a popular thing because to me it's reprehensible. If to you it's reasonable, then that's weird. That doesn't mean that you want to do it, but that's very weird. Whereas for the pundits, the, the Ben Shapiro's, the Matt Walsh's, the, the Charlie Kirk's and stuff, I don't think that they're projecting wanting to do this. I don't think they think it's happening at all. I think they find it to be an incredibly useful distraction, and that's it. And, and I will actually, I will be more fair to Charlie Kirk than you just were. Not only do I not think that he could have known that this guy had those views, I also don't think he should feel particularly bad for having hired him, because how would you find out? Honest, I, I can't imagine how he would have known. However, I will challenge him in one way. I just asserted that you don't actually care about this stuff. It's not real to you. It's just a convenient grift, and you have a chance to prove me wrong. All you have to do, Charlie Kirk, is talk about this story. If you actually care about these things, you don't have to apologize for him working for you or anything like that. But you do have to talk about how terrible it was that he was doing these things and that he was in these high-profile circles in Republican, uh, you know, the Republican Party. But of course you're not going to do that. When the QAnon people it that run the QAnon forums and it turns out that they've got tons of child porn, they never talk about it. They, they cared about Epstein only insofar as they could kind of reference something about Clinton, but as soon as Trump was saying and doing the weird things, they never mentioned that. Trump talking about Ghislaine Maxwell, they never mentioned that. Again, when there's actual pedophilia, they do not care, which is only consistent with this being a convenient political narrative and not something they really care about. But again, prove me wrong, Charlie Kirk. And Talk about this actual story. Yeah, so John... Look, let me clarify. Uh, I agree nearly 100% with what you just said. So the, the main point of clarification that you need there is, um, so for uh, the QAnon 
the forum guys, so they're the ones that are kind of in the middle. They're not like the big right-wing pundits, but they're not just grassroots either. Uh, they're like leaders within their social media circles, right? Those folks are probably the single most dangerous subset because they're thinking about pedophilia 24-7. That's true. And they're assuming everyone is doing it, and they're telling everyone is doing it. There's a reason why they're assuming that. Those are the guys that I, if I was the authorities, I'd look most into them. And they're like, oh, I dare you, I have freedom. No, you don't have the freedom to molest kids. So I'm worried about what you're doing, okay? And so now, for the Matt Walsh's of the world, John, I, I know I totally agree with you. I don't know that he thinks it and he's projecting it, but what he's what they're doing is slightly worse. Because they can tell that they're profiting off of they're the ones that, that are when they talk it. about it. Mm -hmm. So they talk about X and it either brings in money or it doesn't, right? It resonates or it doesn't. So if it doesn't, they're like, if they said, hey, you know what? Immigrants are wonderful. Everyone's like, boom! They're like, okay, never say that again. Yep. That doesn't make money, right? When they say, hey, everybody's pedophiles, that resonates. And they make money. So they say, oh, good. I can make my mind, it's hateful, it's not true, uh, it's a conspiracy theory, it's disgusting, it makes people hate each other, but I'm making money off of it, so I don't care at all. So that's why the Matt Walsh's of the world are the most immoral in a sense, because mm -hmm. they, they're like, oh great, a thing that I know isn't true, I will profit off of, and sow division and hatred throughout the country, yeah. okay? But like the Jesus most would. <laughs> but the most concerning part, guys, is the, the one that's the toughest to do. So, and by the way, there's two different subsets there, too. Among the grassroots on the right wing, some have actually been molested. And so that's why it resonates with them. And they think, oh, it happened to me. It probably happens to everybody, right? And for those people, my heart goes out to them. Like, I want, I want help for you. I don't mean that in any kind of condescending way. I genuinely, you were molested, I, you know, and that is incredibly traumatic, etc., right? But there's another half who it resonates with because they think, yeah, isn't everybody thinking about molesting kids? And that's the one that's the moneymaker for the right-wing pundits. You appeal to them, you goad those guys on, you're going to make a lot of money because, unfortunately, there's a lot of them. And they're all going towards a certain area. That's why they don't want to hear that it's left-wing. Like, that it's not left-wing, right? They don't want to hear that. They want to hear self-affirming, oh, I think it, but they're the ones who are, yeah, yeah, doing it. They're the evil ones, right? And that's a big number, and that's disconcerting. Yeah. The unforgivable thing here, I think, is the silence as well. I mean, to John's point, when something like this happens and your first response is, let's talk about something else. Let's sweep this away and get it out of the headlines. That is sick. And that enables further abuse. We saw that in the church. We've seen that in countless organizations. If there is people really interested in policing this kind of abuse of children, then Charlie Kirk, Matt Walsh should be able to talk about this loudly and, and condemn it in their own party. But what we see is not just silence, but trying to blame shift and, and what about and muddy the waters of this, which is one of the most disgusting things I've seen. I yeah, I, I'm going to add one last quick thing. Look, when it's ours, we call them out right away. Anthony, what a clown. What an idiot. Why did he do uh, that? So that's terrible. Terrible. It's so easy. Why would we try to protect him? It doesn't make any sense to us. Bad guy, you call him a bad guy. You move on, right? But for them, they don't think about it like that. They're tribal. Us versus them. Maxwell. Twice, twice he had a chance to correct it. The, literally the biggest groomer in American history. The, the technical term like groomer, it means something. 
you cultivate people, kids, for molestation. That's exactly what she did. The biggest in American history. And he's like, oh, I wish her well. She's a friend of mine. And none of them on the right wing called him out. Not one. What does that tell you? That tells you they don't care about the issue. They just care about politics and profits. 100%. Let's turn to other exciting news. Uh, the hour is uh, rapidly waning, unfortunately. Welcome to the Governor's Show. If you like her democracy, follow me. It might be difficult to remember at this point, but in the immediate aftermath of January 6th, most reasonable people knew who to blame. There was not a lot of disagreement that Donald Trump had inspired the violence that we saw, but it also only took a few days, a couple of weeks, until things started to change. And the Republicans who'd been willing to condemn Donald Trump suddenly were singing a different tune. And in those brief moments following the insurrection, something could have been done. If Donald Trump had been impeached, tried in the Senate at that point, he might have actually been convicted, but he wasn't. And do you know who's apparently to blame for that? He's sitting over there. I'm going to give you the details. This is coming out. Ryan Grimm has a great uh, write-up on this uh, and The Intercept about a book, Unchecked, the untold story behind Congress's botched impeachment of Donald Trump. And let's lay out what happened as yeah. the insurrection was going on. So in one anecdote in the book, there were senators hiding in a conference room from protesters. Senator Lindsey Graham looked over and saw the Senate sergeant-at-arms in the safe room with them. Graham yelled at them, what the hell are you doing here? Go take back the Senate. You've got guns. Use them. He's ordering the sergeant arms there to begin shooting MAGA people at that point. Graham then called White House attorney Pat Cipollone and warned that Republicans would remove Trump from office using the 25th Amendment if he didn't call off the mob. Well, as Graham was doing that, some Democrats thought, yeah. I think this is probably going to lead to impeachment. And so they started working on that. The first member of Congress was Representative David Cicilline, Democrat of Rhode Island. He scribbled the impeachment uh, write-up on scratch paper while locked down in the Rayburn House office building. He and Representative Ted Lieu worked on a 25th Amendment letter to Vice President Mike Pence, but at the same time kept pushing on impeachment because they probably rightly knew that they could not count on Mike Pence notwithstanding the assassination plot against him. Now, uh, Judiciary Committee Counsel Aaron Hiller called his boss, boss uh, Jerry Nadler, Chief of Staff Amy Ruckin, and told her, I'm about to do something that's completely unauthorized by leadership. Should I tell you or not? He told her, do it, she said. You'll find 200 co-sponsors right now and get it done. Don't wait for a blessing from leadership. And so, eventually, Cicilline handed the impeachment write-up over to Representative Steny Hoyer, He's the person who actually controls the schedule on the floor. And instead of actually scheduling a vote in that immediate aftermath, he handed it to Nancy Pelosi. Ah. And that was where it died ah. for a crucially long period of time. Ah. She decided to gavel. The chamber closed. Everybody went home. And there was a bunch of arguing back and forth over the next week as the days rolled on. And eventually they did have an impeachment. But by that point... Enough Republican politicians had been able to look out at the country, go on Fox News, 
And while initially they were willing to condemn Trump and say in no uncertain words that he had inspired this violence, that was his plan, they began to be reassured as they talked to regular Republicans that this was not actually a line that shouldn't be crossed to many of them. Many of them might be frustrated, but they were frustrated that the plan didn't work. And so some of those Republicans, like Lindsey Graham, who were willing to have MAGA voters gunned down by security, went back to endlessly defending Donald Trump. And apparently we can thank Nancy Pelosi for that. Yeah, so I've got some um, conflicting thoughts on this. So first off, let's just establish as a side note here, Lindsey Graham, of course, exactly the coward that we thought he was. It's the guys who pretend to be the toughest that are the biggest cowards. So Lindsey Graham has been in favor of every single aggressive, offensive war that uh, we've started and thought about starting. Like, oh, yeah, we'll show the Iraqis how tough we are. The minute he's in danger, "Ah, please shoot him, shoot him all. He probably wet himself. He probably, I'm, I'm being literal. That's how much of a coward Lindsey Graham is. These Republicans who pretend to be tough guys are the weakest, weakest people you have ever met. We just go, boo, they're like, ah! Remember how scared they are of Muslims and immigrants and trans people? Just their whole lives is bathed in fear. And that's the kind of man or Lindsey so Graham make it okay? Remember, he was telling them, shoot our support, Republican supporters, Trump supporters. Go murder Trump supporters. By the way, Trump supporters, you okay with that? MAGA's cool with that? That's weird, right? So, now, to the main event. I get the logic of, hey, Pelosi took too long. And then maybe in that moment, Lindsey Graham, after he cleaned up in the bathroom and got a new pair of pants, might have voted to impeach Trump because he was so scared, he was so angry, etc. right? I don't believe it. I think it only took like two days for the Republicans to turn around from, I hate, I can't believe Trump did that, we were attacked, and I might have been killed, to right back to our goddamn knees and licking Donald Trump's boots, right? So they would have licked his shoes no matter what. Lindsey Graham is a coward through and through. The minute the trouble is over, he's back on his knees and groveling at Trump. So there's no way that Republicans would have convicted Trump. So that's my sense, okay? Now, having said that, why is Nancy Pelosi slow rolling it? So look, this, if you're, this is the giant disconnect between people who view and read establishment media and people who read all of the news okay so if you just watch established media they're never going to talk about this okay the almost the only things they ever show are positive about pelosi so they're genuinely confused when we say she's weak they're like because the only thing they've ever heard on msnbc is about what a lion she is how she's so strong double speaker of the house so if that's all you've ever heard your whole life, when we say she's weak, you're like, what? Are, these guys are crazy. But that's because we know stories like this where she, for no goddamn reason, goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's take it easy on Donald Trump after he tried to have us killed, invade the Capitol, and overturn democracy. I was wondering who why. Why would you be that pathetically that? weak? And that is what Pelosi and Hoyer do. 24-7. That is who they are at their core. Their instinct, their instinct, instinct is, I gotta help Republicans. I gotta protect Republicans. Don't attack Republicans. Whatever you do. They just nearly murdered you. In fact, Pelosi was one of the people that they were chanting about killing. And her first instinct was, protect Republicans. That is unbelievable and pathetically weak. Max. Yeah, this, this story, I say this as someone
someone who's said a lot of nice things about Pelosi. It's just an example to me of Democrats losing the momentum, of needing to know every single detail about something before even beginning the process. And, and in that, losing that critical moment. I mean, we saw that with the gay marriage vote. We saw that with abortion. We've seen that with gun control. Uh, this was perhaps the best opportunity to get real action. I mean, for a brief moment, Democrats had Lindsey Graham. He went out into the Senate floor and said, I'm done. Count me out. This was insane. And, well, I agree. It was probably an uphill battle to impeach Trump at any point. There never would have been a better moment than after all these people's lives was just credibly threatened. Uh, But instead, we chose to go the consensus path to keep fact-finding and and working around and tooling things around. Well, let's an investigation. What do you fucking need an investigation for? We all saw it with our own eyes. At least to get Republicans honest and on the record for the first time ever. Yeah. And, and instead, we got what we got, which was a very slow and fucking still William ongoing national move them disaster. For fucking office. They shouldn't yeah. even vote on it. They yeah. were part yeah. of it. So, look, obviously, we might all degree, uh, disagree Why about exactly how stupid. it might have played out. But I at least hope that we can take this as a teachable moment learn something from it and after the next insurrection in january 2025 maybe we can have a better immediate response <laughs> and you'll have to wait till january of 2029 right because they wouldn't do an insurrection after 25 no, no, he, he could lose against uh, aoc and then they bump and up they the all freak out. Yeah, yeah, okay. no, totally. yeah that's true yeah, yeah, yeah. it's possible no i thought i thought okay. it through. you're on the script just wait for November. Exactly. Or maybe, yeah, yeah maybe they just exactly. do quicker. Yeah. What are you talking about? Okay, uh, I think we have a few minutes. Why don't we jump directly into this next video? They still haven't been put reined in or put in check or held accountable. The fuck is wrong with you, American shitheads? Call all three branches of government. Give them hell. Don't back down. Don't take no for an answer. So anyway, Chevron. Oh my God. <clears throat> anyway, welcome back to Just a Governor's Show. And uh, if you like pro-democracy, if you like the smell of pro-democracy in the morning, then uh, check out my podcast. I'm doing on this podcast. The goal is round-the-clock uh, programming uh, on one. About every hour, at least every three hours. So most podcasts don't do that. They don't freaking um, have programming around the clock. But that's what exactly what we need to do. We need vigil to be vigilant, and we need round the clock coverage. We need a progressive alliance. We need a progressive channel. Um, progressive TV. That's a great idea, Trista. Start a Facebook page, Progressive TV. And post all my all this and, and um, links to all the uh, pro-democracy podcasts. And I'm becoming a Modest Touch producer. I'm going to ask the Young Turks if I can become a producer for them, too. Give them a hundred bucks a month. Oh, I missed something. He's had a lot of hits, but um, that's a good one. 
So yeah, in any case, a, a great director. Oh, I thought that was a real commercial. Vice, uh, short, you name it, right? <laughs> um, and that is a ballsy ad. Let's, <laughs> let's uh, back up. Pull up. If there is people really interested in policing this kind of abuse of children, then Charlie Kirk and Matt Walsh should be able to talk about this loudly and, and condemn it in their own party. But what we see is not just silence, but trying to blame shift and, and what about and muddy the what waters of this, which is one of the most disgusting things I've seen. Yeah, I, I'm going to add one last quick thing. Look, when it's ours, we call him out right away. Anthony Weiner, what a clown. What an idiot. Why did he do uh, that stuff? It's terrible. Terrible. It's so easy. Why would we try to protect him? It doesn't make any sense to us. Bad guy, you call him a bad guy. You move on, right? But for them, they don't think about it like that. They're tribal. Us versus them. So when Trump wishes Ghislaine Maxwell Gisela. well... Twice, twice he had a chance to correct it. The literally the biggest groomer in American history. The, the technical term like groomer. He was the something. best of luck. Cultivate people, kids. Probably she had a lot of That's shit exactly on him. Exactly what she did. A lot of the dirt biggest on him. 